Nicola Dolo is ready to break camp in the Reds' starting rotation. We'll tell you why we expect a decent rookie campaign from the Southpaw and set the expectations for the rest of the Reds' starting rotation. And the player to be named later has been revealed from Seattle. Is he as awesome as we've been led to believe? You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I am Stephen Offenbaker alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion, and we have turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about Nick Lodolo and how he just continues to impress and what we think are reasonable expectations for him and the Reds rotation overall heading into 2022. Uh, as injuries continue to mount in Goodyear, Jeff and I are going to discuss the changes to the roster as the team breaks camp in a little over a week. Uh, also, you might not have heard, but the Reds completed a trade with the Seattle Mariners, bringing over Connor Phillips. It's a jammed pack show today, Jeff. Uh, let's start by checking in on Nick Lodolo Watch 2022. Uh, I don't know if you caught it today, but uh, he came in uh, in relief. That is not going to be his role, Jeffrey, but he did come in in relief uh, he pitched three innings today which was great to see he only allowed one hit one hit giving up zero runs zero walks striking out three and that brings his Goodyear ERA to a nice crisp 1.23 he was absolutely dominant it was just more of the same from what he has been doing all spring training and again we always say spring training take it with a grain of salt but I'm telling you when you watch this dude on the mound he looks ready he looks like he's got the poise and he has the command of the strike zone as well. He was working around the strike zone, just confusing those Ranger hitters. And the one hit that he gave up, it was some solid contact. But even then, that was the only one. The rest of the time, it was weak contact, if any. I loved what I saw from him. I continue to believe that he is going to have a very solid rookie campaign. And it was all due to the fact that Tony Santion revealed in an interview that he will be coming out of the bullpen this season. And with that, I think you just put two and two together. Nick Lodolo's in the starting rotation on opening day. Well, absolutely. Now, listen, I'm I'm not under some illusion that Nick Lodolo is going to come out and start the season and have a sub two ERA no. for the entire time he's in Cincinnati this year. I don't think that that's what's going to happen. But what I can tell you is this. If you look at the Nick Lodolo that pitched in spring training 2021 and compare him to the Nick Lodolo that's pitching right now, spring 2022. Uh, he's grown a lot. He is yeah. he is a much improved pitcher. Uh, his last year uh, in the minor leagues, even though he was limited somewhat with a couple of little nagging injuries along the way, clearly did him good. He went down there. He figured it out. Our, our buddy Rob Wooten was correct when he told us that Nick Lodolo was ready for Cincinnati. And, and yeah. I think that's what we're seeing. So for me, I think that uh, the Reds are going to have a big problem on their hand when everybody's healthy because uh, it looks like Nick Lodolo belongs in the starting rotation. We've seen that Hunter Green belongs in the starting rotation. And we're going to get back into 
to what we talked about all offseason, Jeff, which is the starting pitching uh, being kind of a logjam and a strength of this Reds team. So let's start with those two guys as we kind of look at our expectations for the starting rotation. And that wasn't the way that I wrote it out on our notes, but whatever. We'll start with Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green. Uh, Firstly, I want to ask you this because I think this is probably where I have them both. Do they both pitch more than 100 innings each? I think so. What my expectation in my head is for them to come somewhere in between 100 and 150 innings. And I like that number. And, I, you know, I've jokingly said because, you know, Nick Crawl has told us that this is a team competing for a 2022 playoff spot. So I want both of those guys to have a few innings left on their arms in case that happens. I mean, seriously, if if by some miracle this Reds team is actually a playoff team and they could be they're not as bad as everybody wants to make them out to be. Uh, I want. Lodolo and Green to both be uh, available in the postseason to uh, try and make some things happen. Well, I've I've said before that I think that there are a lot of uh, lightning in a bottle type scenarios that have to go right for the Reds to make the playoffs. This is one of those lightning in a bottles. Both these guys got to hit and hit well, pitch well, but the lightning has to hit and they have to pitch. And yeah, I don't know why I went with that. Uh, <laughs> metaphor there. Anyway, yeah, they have to be good, Steve. And I think they will be to a measured extent. When I look at Nick Lodolo, I'm thinking, yeah, probably 120 innings. I'm thinking probably around a, you know, like a 3-9-4-1 ERA, something like that. I think he's going to have a very nice strikeout to walk ratio. And then you just fill out the rest of it from there. I, I, wins and losses, whatever. I don't know about all that stuff, but when it comes to how he is going to produce on the mound, I think it's going to be exactly what you would hope for. I don't think he's going to set the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination, but I also think that we are going to look back on 2022 for Nick Lodolo and be like, boy, that was a nice introduction to major league baseball. Oh, absolutely. I think you just nailed it. A hundred plus innings, a sub four ERA is probably exactly what we should be expecting from both of these rookies. Yep. Yeah, both of them. I yeah, I have Hunter Green probably three five, three eight. I would think. Um, a lot of strikeouts. A lot of strikeouts. Looking forward to that. I think his strikeouts per nine is going to be above ten. I think. I I don't know this to be sure. I don't have a crystal ball back here, but I that's what I'm feeling. So when you look at those two guys, that's how we look at the rookie pitchers for the Reds, which is probably going to be the biggest storyline outside of where the Reds finish this year is how Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo get acclimated to Major League Baseball. Coming up next, we're thinking about Tyler Malley because he is our opening day starter. Some injuries have kind of messed around with what this rotation was supposed to look like. However, I'm not that worried about Tyler Malley as like thinking of the ace of the staff. And I think there's a discussion to be had of how much the shoulder thing affects Luis Castillo and what we can get out of Tyler Malley if indeed he really does have that slider down as some articles have said he does, because if you're talking about a three pitch Tyler Malley, a like, you know, all three pitches working toward that strikeout, ooh, baby, we might be talking about a normalization of road and home Malley. Well, and, and what we've said during the course of the offseason, Jeff, is that Tyler Malley is a very, very good two slash three pitcher right. in most teams starting rotation. Now, if if we get Road Mali becomes every start Mali and he's 
factoring into the Cy Young conversation a little bit and, and really elevates his game, it becomes, uh, with a healthy Castillo, the Reds having ace 1A, ace 1B. And that's a great position to be in in a season that's going to feature expanded playoffs. I agree. And, and I think that overall you're going to talk about Tyler Malley in the top 10 of Cy Young voting. I don't even think that's that big of a limb to jump out on at this point. I think he is talented enough to have his name in that conversation all year long. And I, I kind of talked about this the other day. I wonder if the Reds have kind of, we, we talked about the whole idea of not giving out huge contract extensions and things like that to players. I think they've been priced out of Luis Castillo already. They might be priced out of Tyler Malley by the time this year's done. It's going to be interesting to see how they treat both those guys as the trade deadline nears and where they are in the standings. Do you think Tyler Malley finishes the year as a Red? That is the million dollar question. Uh, I think that the way that they're, they're bringing in prospects and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, if, if Mali is, is, if Mali is the guy that we hope he's going to be, it becomes difficult to keep him. But at the same time, if they really truly are competing for one of these expanded playoff spots and Tyler Mali is on fire and the Reds are in contention, I don't think they do trade him. And, uh, we run into that, uh, that problem of, uh, maybe waiting too long and, and having value drop. But if they're competing for a playoff spot, they absolutely have to keep him. The, the rotation could not absorb trading these guys away in the middle of a, a playoff run. It's going to barely absorb what they have done so far, Steve. And yeah, you're right. They definitely need Tyler Malley if they expect to be in that playoff hunt. But regardless, I think this rotation looks strong. I, you know, it's not as good as it was with Miley and Gray, but I don't think it's taken that big of a step in the back. And I think that they're going to be all right. We're going to finish up our conversation as we uh, look at why we expect Luis Castillo to return to Cy Young form this year. Right after I tell you about the best way to get your health in Cy Young form. It's called Athletic Greens. I've been taking AG1, which is Athletic Greens' flagship product, for a little while now. What it has done, I can tell you, it's given me better sleep. It's making me feel better, giving me a little bit more energy throughout the day. That boost that I need as I, you know, take some healthy food, I, I take some supplements, things like that. The whole idea of AG1 is to help you better absorb the vitamins that you take in, whether you're talking about those multivitamins or just the everyday food that you eat. AG1 has uh, this 75, there's so many different ones, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, which I have noticed an uptick in as well, Steve. Your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. We are talking about not a five-tool player, not a six-tool. This might be like an eight, nine, ten-tool player. You've got to check out AG1 today. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. 7,000. That's pretty good. you got to check them out for yourself today. Go to athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. 
you can get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional resource. Make sure to give Locked On MLB Prospects a listen after today's podcast. Lindsey Crosby is a minor league encyclopedia. He'll probably have a couple of thoughts about uh, Connor Phillips, who we will talk about in just a moment. Uh, and he's going to keep you up to date on the comings and goings of everything in the minor leagues and some college baseball talk as well. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast is free and available on all platforms, just like Locked On Reds. Awesome. Make sure you are following us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker, and you can follow myself at Jeff Carr with three F's, and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, we started this conversation, Steve, about expectations for the rotation, rotation expectation conversation. That's what we should have named. In fact, I might name the podcast that. But we, we've already covered some of the big names. Let's talk about one dude who's going to make it out of opening day. I firmly believe this. We've been seeing him a lot in spring training, especially in a starting role, and that's Revar San Martin. Revar San Martin pitched three innings today. Looked pretty good as well. It's, it's, it's going to be very interesting because uh, we didn't talk about Vladimir Gutierrez in the first segment, and he is clearly going to slot in and take, take a spot. He has a spot in this rotation. So uh, what's going to be interesting is how this plays out when Mike Miner and Luis Castillo come back from their injuries uh, because someone's going to be the odd man out. And then I think we get my plan. I think we go to my rotating fifth starter and I am going to make millions in being a baseball prognosticator. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. No, Jeff, I, I think that Reaver San Martin has positioned himself uh, to fill that void that's been created by these injuries. I think that he has not done anything that makes me not want to see him be in this rotation to start yeah. the season, given the injuries that have occurred. Uh, I think that what's going to happen from there is, you know, these guys are going to go out and may the best man win as far as who is uh, going to get to stay in that rotation and who becomes a long man in the Reds bullpen uh, once everybody is healthy. I look at the two games that he pitched last year against the Pirates as just a tease. That's really all I know about him right now. It's a tease to something I want to see more from. I want to see more of Revar San Martin. That delivery that he's got is just going to be super deceptive to hitters maybe, hopefully, kind of, at least against the left-handed hitters in the division. And I want to see exactly what he's got out of the rotation. Now, could he possibly slot in as like a long relief type guy after these dudes come back in Castillo and Minor? Probably. Is he going to make spot starts later on in the year? Absolutely. Like we've said, you're not getting more than 150 innings out of Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. And if that's the case, you're going to need some innings somewhere down the line. So I believe that Revar San Martin is probably a dude that, I don't know, I think we probably get, we think, 12 at the end of the season, not before Luis Castillo and Mike Miner come back. I think by the end of the season, do we have 12 starts from Revar San Martin? I think it's probably uh, more likely to be about 10. Okay. I think that uh, what I would like to see for San Martin is if he is going to be uh, moved from the rotation after everybody's healthy, I'd like for them to send him down. I'd like for him to okay. continue to start, to continue to be stretched out 
to continue to be available in case of injury or to make a spot start, as you just mentioned, to protect the arms of Hunter Green and Nicodolo. So I, I would like to see him used that way. Now, if if the the odd man out becomes one of the other guys, Mike Miner, um, then I would like to see him become a, a long man in the Reds bullpen. And I think he could actually be pretty effective in that role. Uh, you know, I think probably when you pair him up with the Jeff Hoffman's of the world uh, in that bullpen for a long man, it's not as bad as it sounds. If you look at, you know, how Hoffman performed in the bullpen and how Miner could perform in the bullpen when he could just use his best two pitches and go after guys. I've kind of examined this like strange dislike of Jeff Hoffman that I've developed because I think you're right. I think out of the bullpen, Jeff Hoffman had some pretty decent stats. You're, um, you're just mad because he pulls off your name better than you do. <laughs> he does not. Okay. That's, that's, that's why you're sad. Another podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rebar San Martin is an interesting case. And I look at Vladimir Gutierrez, like you said, we didn't talk about him in the first segment. Absolutely need to. I almost wonder if he takes a step back a little bit. Not necessarily because I think he has less talent and that he was getting lucky in any sort of stretch of the imagination. I think that he knows what he needs to do to stick as a major league starter, and that is he's got to up his strikeout rate. His strikeout rate was way too low last year, and so he's been working on that. And he's going to continue to work on that as he pitches. But with that, I think you're going to see a few more tough hits, a few more walks, and a few more things like that. So this is going to be a growth year for him. I think he probably still is able to pitch about 150, 160 innings, something like that. But I think we're talking about like a four, six ERA for Vlad. I don't, I, mean, I don't know. If, if his ERA is that high, if, if that's what's going on, listen, there are a lot of young bucks nipping at his heels for that spot in the rotation. If, if, he's, if he's getting you closer to five than he is closer to three for an ERA, if he's not getting the strikeouts like they need for him to get the strikeouts, one of these other young guys are going to take that spot in the rotation. We haven't even talked about the fact that I think Graham Ashcraft is going to go down to the minor leagues the first half of the season and almost by performance demand to get a call up demand to get a look. So um, there is no room at all for any of these starters to, to get complacent and to kind of rest on their laurels and just think that they've done enough to hold their spot. Um, unless you're Luis Castillo or Tyler Malley, uh, your spot is probably not secure in this rotation. And that kind of follows up a little bit. Like you said, Mike minor interests me a lot. Because he's an obvious bounce back candidate. He's not going to pitch to a 5-0 ERA and pitch a whole bunch in this rotation. Like you said, he'll become a long reliever quicker than David Bell can make a double switch. So when I think about Mike Miner, if you're talking about a 5.5 ERA at the end of May, I think he's out of the rotation. So he's going to have to bounce back. And he's going to have to figure out how to get some ground balls because he's not really getting a bunch of ground balls these last couple of years either. And that is going to kill him at Great American Ballpark. So I think that, okay, let, let's say this. Over, under, on starts this year. Does Revar San Martin make more starts or does Mike Miner make more starts? That is a great question. I I'm, think I'm um, it will be a statistical tie. That is my prediction. I okay. think that that workload could be shared pretty evenly between the two pitchers. I'd be interested to see what people say. In fact, I might create a Twitter poll about that here in just a minute. But yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. Honestly, I think I think Rewar San Martin might get more. I, I think that 
you're probably looking at eight to 10 starts for Mike Miner and 10 to 12 for Revar San Martin. So yeah, there's still the ability to tie in there, but I think it's probably going to be like 11 to nine or something like that. And then we come to the ace of the staff. He is the ace of the staff. He's just not going to be there on opening day. He's going to be on the IL to start the season. And that probably means he's going to miss at least two weeks, probably three, I think, in my estimation, is before we will see him. So with all that being said, it's not going to be that much of amount of time that it's going to derail his Cy Young hopes. And I think he's going to put together a complete season. Of course, we are talking about La Piedra. Luis Castillo, this dude is going to be awesome. I don't think the shoulder thing is going to set him back at all this year. And I think he is going to start to finish, be that dude in the Cy Young conversation. Listen, I want to be clear. Nobody to date has discussed Luis Castillo's shoulder as being a significant injury. Mm -hmm. It is only being talked about, uh, one, because it's delayed him a little bit in an already delayed spring training. I really truly believe if this were a regular spring training out in Goodyear, uh, he would have missed a few turns through, he would have continued to get his work in on the backfields, and he would have started the season on time. I think that they're being a little bit, a little bit cautious because of the way that this like season that. is going I to like start. That. And I prefer them do that. I would rather him miss two starts in April than lose all of September. So for me, I think he comes back mid-April. I think that the weather will be getting warmer. I think we will get the Castillo that likes to pitch in warm weather. And I, and I agree. We could have two pitchers at the top of this rotation that are in the conversation for Cy Young votes. I believe it. they both have the talent. Castillo showed last year that, yes, he went through a really, really tough time of pitching at the beginning of the season. But once the month turned, once the calendar turned to June, he took off. And I don't even think that we are going to need to wait to June to see him take off this year. I think he's going to come out of the gate strong. He's going to start strong. He's going to be strong in the middle and he's going to be strong in the end, too. I think we're looking at a good year for Luis Castillo. And I think that on the whole, this starting rotation may end up surprising some people. I think it might be the second best starting rotation in this division. I don't think that's wrong. And I'm going to give you uh, my hot take of the day. Luis Castillo's ERA at the end of the 2022 season is going to be closer to two than it is to three. I'm thinking he's going to finish the season with a 2.35 ERA and finish in the top three in Cy Young voting. Yes, I like that. I'll take that every single day of the week. I think the only thing... I. I know that there's plenty of ways that it could go wrong, but I, right now I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling, I think you're right. I think you have. Let's do it. Well, as fun as this pitching conversation has been, Jeff, we do need to hit real quick on some things that happened out in Goodyear today. Yep. Uh, and that, of course, is more injury bugs have, have bit the team and it's changed some of the things that we've been talking about. Of course, I am talking about Solano coming up with a hamstring injury, and that is going to change a little bit of what we've been talking about. I think uh, the first thing it does is pretty much guarantees that uh, Moran makes this team coming out of spring training. I was watching it back because I was curious. It happened almost so quickly. It was hard to digest it in the moment. So looking back at it, like immediately, as soon as he gets to second base, 
like obviously he st- he pulls up and he stops at second. He probably could have stretched it to third, but whatever. That's neither here nor there in a spring training game. And he takes himself out of the game. Like the trainer's walking up to talk to him, and he's just like, no, 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 no. I know what's going on here. So I wonder at the severity of this. How long are they going to be without Donovan Solano? I don't think it's going to be opening day that we see him back. I think that at the very least he misses like a week or two of the season, but this could be one of those things where it just says he, he popped the hammy and now the roster itself has to reshuffle a little bit, which is interesting to me because I think you're right for a totally different reason than people would think. It's not as if Colin Moran slots right into where Donovan Solano would slot. Donovan Solano can play second, short, third. He might be able to play a little bit of corner outfield, and he's a right-handed bat who mashes lefties. Colin Moran is the absolute opposite of that. He can play first base. He can DH. He tried to play third base today. He can stand there. I don't know if he can play there. And he plays third base like you play third base, Jeff. <laughs> yes, he does. And he hits uh, left-handed pitching like I hit left-handed pitching as well. So I, I think the reason that he's on this roster is because he has a major league roster, er, a major league contract, and it was a question mark if he would make it before you found out Donovan Solano wasn't going to make it be, due to injury. And I think now you're right. Colin Moran's going to be on this roster on opening day. You know, they always say these things take care of themselves, and basically it's just kicking the can down the road a few weeks. Uh, Initial reports that a good year are they're looking at three weeks on Solano. I think that's probably about right. So when he comes back, we'll be right back to to square one, trying to figure out who is the odd man out. And it's going to be a lot of great podcasting content, let me tell you. But listen, Jeff, uh, speaking of great podcasting content, uh, the Reds have brought in Connor Phillips to to complete the trade of Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez to Seattle. And uh, the question is, does this mean the Reds have officially won the trade with the Mariners? Uh, We don't know. We're going to talk about that. But if you want to win the trade of giving up junk food for a healthy snack, head over to Built Bar right now. Built Bar is the healthy snack that you need for spring training baseball and all throughout the 2022 baseball season. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It might even be just a little bit better than a candy bar, let me tell you. Uh, Built Bar makes it easier to stick with your healthy diet because it tastes so good. You're going to want to eat it. Uh, unlike the other protein bars that are out there, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like you just took a great big drink from a bucket from a chemical spill. Uh, Built Bar is super yummy. It is super healthy. Uh, it keeps your diet from being boring. It helps you stick with it and uh, meet your health goals. Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate and it has amazing health statistics. And we are a baseball podcast. You know, we love The statistics, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs for you keto keto people, and 17 grams of protein. That's right, 17 grams of protein with flavors like cherry barcia, coconut brownie chunk, salted caramel, and many, many more. You're never going to get bored, and you're always going to have a nice, tasty snack to help you meet your health goals. Uh, Head over to Built Bar right now at Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself 15% off your next order of the healthy snack that's going to help you be ripped for summer baseball. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. 
Thanks again for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Make sure you are following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube, where there will be exclusive video content all season long. So maybe fun things coming in the next week that could involve me protesting at Great American Ballpark. Stay tuned. All right, Jeff, they have brought in Connor Phillips. We won the trade. <clears throat> the we play, did it. The player to be we, named. The player now. to be named has been named. Listen, uh, let's talk a little bit about Connor Phillips, 20 year old starting pitcher out of Magnolia, Texas. He was drafted by the Seattle Mariners in the second round of the 2020 draft. And according to MLB Pipeline, he slots in right now today as the Reds' 14th best prospect. Uh, a little bit of what he's done, Jeff. Uh, last season, he did get one start uh, out in Seattle's high A uh, minor league location in Everett, uh, 2.25 ERA in that one start. But he spent most of the season in low A out in Modesto, where he started 16 games and put up a 4.75 ERA. So uh, what do I'm, you think about this? I'm noticing a pattern here, Steve. He falls under the Chase Petty type, Brandon Williamson type of really high upside arms but there's also kind of a low floor as well like there are a wide range of outcomes when you're talking about Connor Phillips and that just adds to the guys that they've gone for this offseason they're hoping to hit it big with a couple of these guys and of course the more darts you have to throw eventually you're gonna hit the bullseye or at least the board in in the case of my dart throwing um, but when you look at Connor Phillips as a whole MLB Pipeline says ETA 2024. That's a pretty solid year based on what we're talking about with a lot of things going on. They also say high risk, high reward type pitcher. They say just as many scouts will tell you how much they love him as will tell you how much they don't. So on the whole, we heard... All this stuff from Nick Crawl about, man, we're really excited about that player to meet him later. And then there was Jerry DePoto on his own podcast talking about how how bummed he is to give up the player to be named later. I'm just like, oh my gosh, who is this dude that we're going to be named? And then whenever I saw Connor Phillips, of course, my first reaction was, who? And then I found out, and I'm like, okay, okay, maybe, you know, that's, that's, that's all right. I, I still don't think they won the trade, but I think it's interesting. I don't think it's a landslide loss anymore. You know, I would have liked to have seen this player be somewhere closer to the 10th best mm. prospect in the Seattle system versus 14, 15. I think he was 15th in the, in the Seattle system. Uh, for me, uh, you know, this is how the Reds' new model has to look. This is how the new model of competition and building a contender in Cincinnati is going to have to work. So you talk about the themes and the things that are similar with the players that they brought in and the deals that they've made. They all have a target of 2023, 2024. And I think what we'll see moving forward is when they start making next year's moves, all of those players are going to have a target of 24, 25. And every year it moves up one. And that's how you do it. You take someone that's really good, you flip them for three players and hope one of those three sticks maybe you get lucky in two of those three stick and then you flip those two for six more and that's how it works and it's not sexy and it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be able to go out and buy the jersey of their favorite player and wear it for 10 years but what it means is that there will continue to be a constant churn of talent coming into Cincinnati for them to evaluate and to flip and to build with and if that's how they do it and they remain dedicated to it it can work you look I mean if you look at it right now it can work and we're going to have to expand the podcast to an hour 
hour when 2024 gets here. <laughs> yes, because I, I am I'm firmly marking that on my calendar. It's going to be a very interesting year. And who knows, based on how this season that is about to start goes, 2023 might be a little bit more interesting than we thought. Overall, though, I think you're exactly spot on. This falls under what the Reds need to do. It's it's and he's not a guy that they're like, oh, he's a high school arm just starting out. Like, at least he's got a little bit of minor league ball under his belt and he's moving through the minor leagues. So, you know, it's possible we see him in Dayton this year. We can see what we're going to uh, get maybe in the future with Connor Phillips. Looking forward to that. But overall, I just I like the fact that we're going for some high upside because it felt like a lot of the deals they made in 2014, 2015, 2016 were for fringe quadruple a guys, guys who maybe they were prospects, but they were major league ready. And that was the main thing that they looked for. Now they're not looking for that. They're looking for the guys with the upside and they're betting on their own player development system. Something that Nick Kroll has done a great deal of reshaping. He has actually done a lot of work. People like to say, well, what has Nick Kroll done except for just carry out the wishes of ownership to get rid of payroll? He's actually done a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that we as fans don't get to see every day. This is not a advertisement for Nick Kroll and how good he is as a general manager, but this is him betting on the project that he has put the most work into. So let's see. Let's see exactly what they have set up because this looks like a move that in 2024 we might be praising a little bit because Brandon Williamson is going to be in the rotation at that point too. You know, and I think. We reached a point where, as as fans, as a fandom, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to have to be a shift in the mindset. And yes, some of these prospects are not going to work out. Some of these guys will never contribute at the major league level. But the the idea, though, is that more often than not, you get players that do. And you're absolutely right. They have put in an infrastructure in place, being guided by guys like Derek Johnson on the pitching side to build these prospects up, to move them forward. And, you know, I don't think it's a matter of catching lightning in the bottle. I think you nailed it. It's trusting the system. It's trusting the foundation you're building and then continuing to churn and work and never letting up. And if they do that, this could work. And based on everything that I've seen from Derek Johnson, I don't know how you can bet against that dude. Uh, Steve, I think that's a great place to wrap up today's podcast. Thank you so much for everybody who made us your first listen of the day. I'm talking to you. And now, go make Locked On MLB your second listen as Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, has a unique take on Major League Baseball, both past and present. Check it out today. The Locked On MLB podcast, just like Locked On Reds, is free and available on all platforms. And by the way, I totally forgot to tell you what I'm talking about tomorrow. I'm going to tell you why manipulating service time doesn't work. All right. We're getting close to opening day here, Steve. What can everybody expect from us? They can expect us to say the word protein correctly. They can expect us to talk about your gut health, and they can expect us to be locked on reds every single day.